Oh my god, Merry Christmas Eve, you guys. Welcome to this week's episode of Romancing Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Indy Nickerson, which stands for Nancy Drew Nickerson. You can find me at the handle on Twitter, or you can find me at Romancing Nancy on Twitter if you are so inclined. Um, yeah, basically. This week's episode, we are in season six, episode four of Romancing Nancy Drew, and we are going to be talking about the clue in the old album which came out in 1947. Um, again, it's a, it's an interesting Christmas episode that it worked out to be because I 100% did not plan this shit. I'm, I'm not here for that life. I'm not here for that life at all. Um, this one is all about missing dolls and also about gypsies slash Romani, which, uh, yeah, Nancy 100% refers to them as gypsy throughout. Um, there's a few times where they actually use the word Romani, but it's mostly that. We do not talk about in this book, because remember, we don't talk about World War II in this book, in these books, so we don't talk about, like, the fact that that group was specifically targeted by the Nazis, and no, that's, that's just not a thing that we are going to discuss in this book. Um, we're going to discuss the fact that they are other, that they are kind of mystical, that we've got fortune tellers that are very much a part of that group they're they speak their own language they keep to themselves they are suspicious of outsiders um the one thing and i'll mention this in the episode is that nancy basically says these are good people it's just that a few of the people that she's trying to track down in this book member are, are members of the specific tribe that she's been tracking and she's like these are just specifically like bad people it's the the tribe as a whole is good. It's just that these are specifically bad people. So she doesn't lean in on the like any sort of ethnic stereotyping when it comes to that. Now, does she use the word swarthy interchangeably with bad guy? The ghostwriter sure as fuck does. Um, yeah, so there's that. But other than that, and so like if you are sensitive to such matters, yeah, just just skip this motherfucker. But um yeah, we got a lot of dolls happening in this. So I guess for that, in that way, it is kind of specifically Christmas appropriate. So that's how that's going to work out. And I hope you enjoy. Okay, so for this book, we are in 1947. And this is the clue on the old album. So uh, clearly there's going to be an album involved and it's going to be old. Um, the cover, because I generally don't talk about the covers of the original mystery stories. There's generally a few revision covers. There's the one that was published with it originally, which is the one that I've got on the cover that I'm reading. I'm reading actually a matte yellow spine for this one because I consider those reading copies. <laughs> I've got um, all of them with the dust jacket and everything. But this one, I was like, oh, I'll just read the, the yellow spine. It's fine. Yellow spine referring to the the spine of the actual book. Um, matte because it's not the glossy covers that started coming out in the 80s. Anyway, so this one was published probably mid-60s um, before they revised the, the contents. Nancy is wearing a fetching, like, rust-colored suit, actually, with, like, this pale blue scarf showing through at her neck. And she's also wearing this cute little beanie with a little bow on the front. Like, I don't know the actual technical name of this hat, but it is super awesome. And also, she's got her hair in little curls. She looks so young. She looks like she's probably 18, and she's shown in profile as she's peering into a... We're just gonna... In, in the book, it would be called a gypsy camp. I'm gonna call it Romani camp. Um, Yeah, we're just gonna try to stick to Romani for this one. So, 
that's what she's doing. She's, like, spying on some people who look like they're just chilling, you know, just doing general things, smoking pipes, looking all muscly. Um, I think there's, like, four or five different characters who you can see in this. But anyway, no, one, two, three, four, five, probably, like, six or seven, depending on whether you're counting all these shadows. Yeah. So, it's actually bright, well lit. It doesn't look dirty or anything. Just because there's a bunch of shit going on in this novel. Like, I'm just gonna... Mm, anyway. This book opens with Nancy attending a concert at the River Heights Art Museum. As one does. I mean, they are a hub of cultural activity. Like, in the Midwest. Because, of course, the state is never identified in the mystery stories. So, Nancy is attending a concert with her father. She is wearing virginal white, as one does when one is 18 years old and the daughter of a famous criminal defense attorney. Who, I mean despite everything, is just genuinely well-respected in the community, as he also, as you know, invented Toaster Strudel. Um, so they are watching a concert with a violinist who is playing a, and again, every time I say the word Romani in this, please f sub in the word that they're saying, which, I mean, when I was little, that was not considered slurish, and in the context of this book, it's, it's kind of borderline, honestly, because of the way they use it. Um, so anyway, Romani. They're attending a concert and the violinist is playing a Romani song. And Nancy and her father are deeply enjoying this because Nancy is all into cultural shit, which is why when I was little, I was like, oh, this is what adults do. They go to concerts and they enjoy them. <laughs> anyway, so Nancy's sitting there next to her father and just enjoying the hell out of this night. I'm like, maybe she's going to have some champagne later. We don't know how this is going to play out. And she looks over and sees this woman sitting like across the aisle from her who is like visibly crying at this. Like it's, it's clearly touched her deeply. And Nancy's like, I mean, it's awesome, but I've, I have not been moved to tears. I'm just, damn, she's going through some shit. And then she's, Nancy sees this, of course, suspicious looking guy sitting next to her who reaches over and snatches her purse and just walks off and the woman is clearly so like bound up in this music that she does not notice what is happening and Nancy's like fuck this shit I'm I'm out so she's like dad that man just snatched that lady's purse I will be right back and she just runs and Carson barely has time to do anything before Nancy's like bolting down the aisle so she chases the guy. There's, of course, a bunch of different corridors he can go down. He he chooses not the one that Nancy does. She goes down. She finds a security guard, and she's like, hey, did, did a man in evening dress just walk down here? And the guy's like, no. And Nancy's like, okay, well, he just snatched a purse. Come on. And so they just have a Scooby-Doo type chase. Um, Nancy does see the thief stop and start, like, going through the contents of the purse. And so she yells him, drop that purse. And so he does. He just takes the contents and drops the purse. So... I like that you are just not obeying the spirit, but obeying the actual what was said to you, sir. Um, so yeah, he drops the purse, takes the contents and bolts, and Nancy can't get to him in time. She He goes into an alley, and then she can't find him, and she comes back in, and she's disappointed. Um, Carson alerted the woman, who had no fucking clue what was going on, and was like, oh my god, oh my god, thank god you got my purse back. And Nancy's like, on the one hand, yes. On the other, the contents are gone. And she's like, there was a picture in there that, fuck, and, and also some money, shit. And, um, so she has her little granddaughter with her. Her name is Mrs. Struthers, and I'm not going to remember that, so she's going to be named as Grandma. Um, yeah, so she brought her daughter to this concert granddaughter. I'm sorry, granddaughter. Um, her granddaughter's named Rose. Rose, at all times, is, like, just pulling a full-ass John Bonet. Like, she is, she's got, like, 
big, beautiful, glossy black hair. She's got like red painted lips and she wants to be the center of attention at all times to the point that, um, grandma's like, Oh, we were invited to like, Nancy's like, we need to call the police about your, your purse. And the woman's like, Oh no, no, it's, it's fine. Like, I don't, I don't want anyone to call the cops for like notoriety reasons. And Carson's like, you need to report that your purse was stolen, like in case they recover some shit. And the woman's like, Oh, okay. I guess. I mean, I just don't want any notoriety. And you're like, are you a movie star who is hiding out from the paparazzi? What what exactly is happening, girl? Anyway, so she's like, oh, well, me and Rose were invited to a party and like, I just, I don't want to start any shit. And Carson's like, oh, the blah, blah party. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, well, we were, we can ride together. It's fine. And Rose is like, sweet. Like grandma honestly was like, well, I wasn't going to go because Rose and Rose is like, we're going to a party, bitch. Like Rose is wide ass open at all fucking times. Like this girl got zero chill. So Carson is like, I'm regretting this decision immediately, but they get in the car together and Rose is sitting up front chattering away with Carson while Nancy and grandma are in the back. And grandma's like, you're Nancy Drew. And Nancy's like, hell yeah, I am. And grandma's like, I've heard of you and that you are deeply good at solving mysteries. And I might have a thing for you. I'm just saying. And Nancy's like, hell yeah. Like I get a mystery a year, make it a good one. So they go to the party. Rose shows her full ass several times. Like she runs in front of a guy who's carrying like a plate full of veggies and and punch and like almost knocks him over and she she's like I'm gonna dance like no one else is fucking dancing and she's going out there just showing her ass on the floor she's just she's just having making a day of it which honestly she's 11 and I was like seems a bit old for her to be pulling this shit but Nancy is like very generous with her and so Carson's like she needs to she needs to be taken under a firm hand and Nancy's like maybe she's just in need of an outlet. Like maybe she's just very deeply creative and she just needs to find that thing so that she can pour her energy into that. Like, which was really nice of her, honestly. Cause again, Carson's like, I don't know, but okay. So, um, Nancy makes an appointment to see the grandma the next day, which, um, there's some point at which like Carson's like, Oh, I'm feeling tired. We should go home. Like, let me, let me give you a ride. And grandma's like, thank God. Because she was like, who knows what this little girl's going to do next? Like Rose is just all over the place. Um, so yeah. So Nancy makes an appointment to go see her the next day. And Carson's like, um, I, IDK, like, I don't know that family that well. Like she only moved here recently. So like, maybe take a friend with you if you are going to go see her. And Nancy's like, sure. I, I mean, it's fine. So Nancy calls George to come with her, which this book is like with her boyish close cropped hair. So that to establish that, you know, George is the top boy of the group. So George and Nancy go over to grandma's house. And Rose is out front. Like, they walk up and they're like, okay, this is the place. And then they immediately get knocked down. And that's a chapter ender, y'all. Um, at the beginning of the next chapter, they get up off the ground saying, what the fuck just happened? And Rose has just, like, zoomed by them on a motorized scooter, actually, and just knocked them flat on their asses. And Rose is like, oh, man, this this thing's out, this bitch has got some power. And then she looks at Nancy and George and she's like, oh, shit, sorry. Um, I didn't mean to hurt you. And Nancy and George are like, uh, maybe, like, tone it down a notch. I, mm. And Rose is like, well, I mean, 
And George is like, did your grandma say you could have that? And Rose is like, did your grandma say you could have that? Like, Rose is not here for this shit. Rose is like, well, my mo- my grandma gave me a bike, but bikes are not awesome. A motorized scooter. Now that shit is awesome. And Nancy, <laughs> Nancy and George were like, do you have an operator's license? <laughs> and Rose is like, no. And Nancy's like, uh, you kind of, you're, you're kind of going to need that. And Rose is like, well, I'll just keep a sharp lookout for the cops. And I was like, she ain't wrong. She ain't wrong. Um, but yeah, so Rose is just running, running her mouth. And George is like, is your, does your grandma know what you're up to? Does she approve of this? And Rose is like, my grandma don't approve of no, nothing I do. Like just saying. So why would I bother getting her a permission on anything? And then Nancy and George are like, well, I guess we need to go inside because we're supposed to see your grandma. And Rose is like, she's going to suck you into a room that's full of creepy dolls. So just strap in, y'all. And Nancy and George are like, what? And Rose is like, peace out, bye. And just vanishes around the side of the house. Of course. This is what children do in Nancy Drew books. They tell you cryptic things. And then they they circle around. Because, of course, they pop up later. Because there's going to be food. So, um... Nancy and George go knock on the door, and Grandma's like, oh, hey, Miss Drew, and Nancy's like, no, Nancy's fine, um, this is my friend George, so we're just coming over to find out about your mystery, just, just gonna hang out, so, um, first off, yes, there is a room full of dolls, um, just dolls from everywhere, actually, Grandma collects dolls from everywhere, Grandma likes to travel, and collect random dolls, so she shows Nancy and George, like, this 19th century peddler doll, from London, who has, like, a little bag full of all these little things that she would have been selling, like, little scraps of fabric and little tools, like, little pairs of scissors and things, and Nancy and George are like, that's fucking cool, although George is like, I'm not a doll enthusiast, but I, I appreciate the worksmanship, like, George wanted dolls, and Grandma's like, you can learn a lot about cultures from their dolls, even after you're an adult, and, and all this stuff, and I was like, adorable, I love it, says a person who collects Barbie dolls, like, there's no tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, so she's showing her the dolls, and then she's like, okay, so I need to talk to you about my daughter, who is dead. And Nancy's like, seems promising, go on. So this is what happened. Grandma's daughter, who is named Enid, of course, which feels a little bit out of place time-wise, but it's fine. I'm sure that there are people named Enid at this point, because Sweet Valley High, it's fine. Um, her daughter Enid fell in love with a Romani violin player and ran away with him and eloped and they got married and they had Rose and then the father deserted the family and the daughter eventually came back and it eventually came back to her mom. But like, I think Rose was about eight years old at the time and like, she was in poor health, and she was heartbroken because her husband had left her, and she, you know, she didn't live for very long after that, and then, like, three months later, grandma's husband died, grandpa, grandpa died, so that has left, which, the way that she phrases it is pretty shitty, where she's like, well, Rose is my burden now, like, Rose is my problem now, which, uh, on the one hand, like, grandma ain't equipped to deal with Rose, But on the other, like, we get a bunch of racist shit at this point where she's like, well, it's in her blood, you know, like, she just, she wants to wander. She's, uh, she's into everything and she's showing her ass at all times because she likes to perform it for people. And Nancy was like, well, maybe she would enjoy traveling. And grandma was like, she enjoyed it too much. Like, she was just uncontrollable. And I'm, I'm at my wits end with this girl. And Nancy's like, 
Well, seriously, like, I just think that you need to find the thing that she's into so that she can pour her energy into that instead of just making your life a utter misery. So I'm just, just saying, just throwing that out there. So, um, but the mystery that she wants her to solve on her deathbed, and it said that there was something very important that she wanted her mother, grandma, to give to Rose, that the doll was missing and find it and give it to Rose. It's important. And there was a clue in the old album. So Nancy's like, ah, we have the title. So, um, grandma has an old album and it's got like jewels on the front of it. Like she bejazzled that shit. Um, but she brings it out, shows it to Nancy and Nancy sees in it a picture of actually in it in her wedding dress with her husband. And Nancy's like, oh, I thought that like she had pieced out and eloped and you, and grandma's like, yeah, she apparently snuck this picture into the photo album, like, when she came back here, because I did not take it. I never had it, and when I was looking through, I found it, and I was like, weird, weird, but okay, okay. So, um, they're looking through it, and Nancy's looking at it, she's like, okay, so now I've got, like, a picture that has, that's showing me the husband, just in case that's important, and then they hear a scream from outside, and it's Rose, and so when Nancy runs to the door, um, Grandma's having the vapors because she ain't here for this shit. And Rose is half in a vehicle and the vehicle is speeding away. Like, Nancy's like, what the fuck is happening? Oh, I'm sorry. Before that cliffhanger. um, Rose went over and she was showing Nancy and George this doll that was like sitting on this pink cushion, like with a music box inside. And it had a little fan in one hand. And its other hand was waving and the head was moving back and forth in time with the music. And I was like, this sounds really creepy, but it's fine. Um, but yeah, so they were like, oh, that's really cool that, that you've got a doll that is that mechanically interesting. That's, that's really neat. So anyway, so this is what happened. Rose is outside in the car. Uh, Nancy runs out to try to, to grab, to do anything that she can about this because like the car is speeding off and it's like Rose is being kidnapped. Um, so she goes out there and the car apparently had no interest in actually having Rose. So Rose just drops out of the car and the car speeds off. And of course the license plate is smeared with mud because that's a thing that happens in these kinds of novels. Um, so yeah, the car speeds off. Rose is on the ground. Nancy's like, are you okay? Are you okay? What happened? What happened? And Rose is like, they said they wanted to come look at grandma's dolls and I told them that they could come inside and they said no and, and because we had visitors and so I, I brought a doll out to them which I was like, what the fuck? She's 11. Who? Anyway. So she took the doll that like moved its head back and forth and had the little fan and was super cute. She took that doll outside and was like, look, look at my grandma's doll and they fucking snatched it out of her hands and so Rose was like, fuck you and like tried to get the doll back which is why she was half in the car. So Nancy's like, are you okay? And the girl's like, oh, yeah. So anyway, she takes her back inside. It's it's fine. It's fine. Now, of course, grandma's like, I cannot fucking believe that my doll's gone. She's very, very happy that her granddaughter was not fucking abducted by randos. But she's also like, but also my doll. Uh, but 90%, I'm relieved that my granddaughter is okay. And Nancy's like, oh, okay, we're gonna, um, we're gonna leave you to it. Because Nancy talks to her dad after that, and she's like, okay, so I did not get a super good look at the, the people in the car. She got a really fucking good look at the pickpocket, though, because, oh my god, the cops are like, can you describe him? And Nancy's like, approximately 32, with a model complexion, and wearing a suit that was too big for him. 
Like, girl is here for this shit. Um, and when she talked to the guard in the museum, when she was trying to get somebody to help chase down the pickpocket, the, the purse snatcher, um, the guy was like, oh yeah, I know him. Like, what the fuck? Anyway, so he's like, yeah, I worked at a bank and that sounds like this dude that came in and tried to talk one of the tellers into stealing some money. And you're like, of course, of course, it all hangs together. So he's like, yeah, I remember that dude. He doesn't know his name, though, because that would be too fucking easy, and also that was in, like, the first chapter of this book. Anyway, so, um, Nancy notices that the car that tried to not actually abduct Rose, but ended up snatching a doll, I have no idea of the cash value of the doll, um, that that one, even though she could not make out the license plate, was the same make and model as her car, the same year and everything, it's just that it was black instead of whatever, her blue roadster, although she calls it a sedan, I've got questions. It's fine. In the previous book, she had a roadster. It's fine. It's fine. Anyway, so she's not quite sure. The next day, Bess comes on. She's like, girl, I think that they're going to let girls race this year in the regatta. And Nancy's like, fuck yeah. And Bess is like, so let's go. Let's go down to the marina and let's, let's, let's start some shit. And Nancy's like, uh, I got, I got some other shit to do today. And Bess is like, oh, Ned. And <laughs> which she did not say it as double entendre as I just did. She She's just like, oh, you've got a date with Ned. And I'm like, oh, you're doing Ned. Like, that's that's on your agenda for today. It's in big red letters. That is what you're going to be up to. No. Anyway, so um, Nancy drops Bess off. But you know that I, you know that if something is introduced this early, that it's probably going to be a major plot point, which it is for this novel. So it's fine. But otherwise, Nancy is getting back on the case, y'all. Okay, so just to make totally sure about this, because I'm just going to actually read from the fucking book for this one. Um, there was a little note that Miss Struthers found after Enid died, and it said that the source of light will heal all ills, but a curse will follow him who takes it from the gypsies. So Nancy reads this and is like, cool, that sounds completely sane and normal, like a thing that would happen to anyone. So she's like, I, what, what, okay, cool, cool, that's fine. Um, Mr. Others thinks it's a threat. Nancy's like, I, it might be a threat. I don't know. Who knows? It's fine. So Nancy's decided that she's going to look for the doll that the random peeps stole from Mrs. Struthers' house and also the doll that apparently Enid wanted to leave to her daughter, Rose. And so that's, that's going to be what she does for the next little thing. The interesting thing about Miss Struthers is that, like, she she shows Nancy her doll collection. She's really super proud of it, and she's got all these different dolls. Like, she's got, um, like, early American dolls. She's got dolls from different cultures because, you know, she's been traveling around and collecting dolls. Um, she's got one doll that came from China, was an ancient Chinese doll, who was used for religious instruction, as one does. Uh, there's another one that's, um, of Jenny Lind, the famous singer from the P.T. Barnum Circus, blah, 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 yeah, it's fine, um, anyway, and they're even, like, and this is one of my favorite things from Nancy Drew books, is when they become instructional, and she's like, you know, of course, that the word doll probably came from the Greek word for idol, because, you know, that's how things go, or it could be a contraction of the English name Dorothy, you know, there's a bunch of different etymologies for this. And so, of course, me as an eight-year-old reading this would have been like, this is so fascinating. But anyway, so Nancy sees this doll with a sword and she's like, that's super cool. So she goes over and starts like looking at it and checking it out and touching it to see how it's, how it does. And it fucking stabs her because this is a horror movie. Um, 
And so Nancy sees that her finger's fucking bleeding and is like, oh, shit. Um, and Mrs. Struthers is like, I'll go get you a Band-Aid. It's fine. Rose comes stomping in and she's like, this girl down the street said that I was a bitch. And Mrs. Struthers is like, don't, don't talk to her. And then Rose is like, maybe I'll just be a gypsy. And Mrs. Struthers is like, don't even say that. Like, Mrs. Struthers has some definite things going on that, yeah, we need to talk about that. But anyway. Um, Nancy talks to Rose about her attempted kidnappers and Rose is like, oh yes, the woman had like carrot red hair and the guy was just like, you know, dark and evil and had a scar on his forehead as one does. And then Nancy like passes the fuck out. She's feeling faint and she can't focus on anything. And Nancy turns like really super white and Rose is like, oh my gosh, she okay? And Nancy's like, call my father, the doll, it poisoned me. And then she passes out. Um, when she, Mrs. Struthers, of course, immediately freaks the fuck out and calls Nancy's dad and the doctor, and they both come over at the same time, and the doctor's like, oh, yes, of course, I've seen this before, I have an antidote in my bag, and I've got a lot of questions, um, how the fuck do you know what was in that sword doll? Do you treat this often? Are there a lot of sword dolls in the neighborhood just stabbing people? Yeah. Um, yeah, Mr. Drew, actually, like, it's, this single drop of fluid like he actually manages to to get the fluid the poison fluid to come out of the doll and the doctor is like oh yes i have smelt this before again so many questions so many questions uh nancy has to stay at mrs struthers house for the night because poison is bad y'all poison's bad um but here's the thing rose of course went down the street and ran her mouth to everyone and so in the next day's newspaper it's like nancy drew poisoned by mysterious doll at struthers home (laughs) All the newspapers are carrying it. It's a slow news week, y'all. Y'all need to know that Nancy Drew has been poisoned. Anyway, so Nancy's like, fuck, really? Really? And so Mrs. Struthers calls Rosa and she's like, did you tell anyone that Nancy got poisoned? And Rosa's like, I mean, just some people down the block at EK. And so, of course, they repeated it to everybody. And Rose, of course, is like, because she's a teenager, is like, well, fuck y'all, and just runs off to her room. Ned, of course, as he is a person who reads the newspaper, um, comes by to check out Nancy and see how she's doing and make sure she's okay, because, of course, she was poisoned. Um, He is at a boys' summer camp, which sounds like he's performing community service because he was arrested on a previous case due to breaking and entering this... You know what? It probably did fucking happen, but it never happens in the books. But anyway, um, so... He's like, do you want to go to a carnival? And Nancy's like, have we met? Of course I want to go to a fucking carnival. So uh, the next day he picks her up. They go to the carnival at Claymore, which, again, I think that there's a dart board that the ghostwriter was like, I'm just going to write a bunch of random words on a board and just throw a dart. They go there. Um, Ned wins Nancy a box of candy at a shooting gallery because, again, World War II experience, y'all. He got some shit that happened. The next thing he suggests is that they go ride a Ferris wheel. And I'm like, that's because you're remembering the last time you guys rode a Ferris wheel when you got stuck and got to hang out there for like an hour making out and shit. But no. Um, instead, Nancy wants to go look at the gypsy section of the carnival. She wants to go down to where they're um, doing the fortune telling tents. And that's like... Ned's like, do you want to have your fortune told? And Nancy's like, yeah, let's let's do it. And Ned's like, no. Quote, my future is pretty well set, and I don't want a new gypsy tampering with it. I'll go into business, prosper, and marry a certain golden-haired young lady named. And then we have ellipses. And then Nancy's like, come on, Ned. I'm not interested in fortunes. I just am interested in finding the violinist. 
So, yeah, he's back from the war, y'all, and he's ready to settle down. <laughs> That's fine. Okay, for the rest of the book, Nancy keeps running into carnivals and going to the section of the carnival with the, again, the book keeps calling them gypsies, Romani, with the Romani people that are attached to a lot of these carnivals and just searching the entire place looking for Romano Pupito, the Rose's father. That's who she keeps looking for. She keeps hearing music that she associates with him because, again, he's a really good violinist. So... They, Nancy thinks that she finds him, but nobody will tell him anything about it. Um, and then they find out that the Romani tribe is going to have a child wedding that night. Oh, God. I've got, I've got a lot of questions. Okay, I'm going to just pause here. The thing about this book is that they present the specific Romani group that Nancy keeps pursuing as like basically a fucking cult. I mean, it's it's not quite there, but they have a king named Zorus and then um Anton and Nikita, Nikita, Nataka, I think it's Nataka. Um they're like the enforcers for the king and so they go out and they basically collect tribute from everybody who has ever left or anybody who's making any sort of fucking money. They go and collect it so they can send it back to Zorus, their king who is just like completely bonkers. Um, but interestingly, later in the book, Nancy is talking to Rose and she's like, hey, these are just this set of Romani people. She doesn't say Romani. This set of people is bad, but I mean, in general, these are good people, which I like that she doesn't say like your father is a different from the norm. Like your father stands out because he's a good person. And said she's like, most of these people are good people. It's just that these specific people that we're chasing are bad people. So anyway, Nancy's also looking for the guy who pickpocketed, um, Mrs. Struthers at the very beginning of this shit. So, um, Nancy and Ned get to attend the creepy child wedding that night. Um, <laughs> So the girl who's who could not have been more than 14 years old, a lot of this is creepy. Um, she's wearing a, an embroidered white silk gown, which had become yellowed with age and frequent use. So it sounds like just all the child brides get to wear the dress when it's their time to do this. Anyway, um, we've complied with all the laws of this state. Zorus will now un unite Melkor and Louisa in the Romani wedding ceremony. And so she comes out. They have a ceremony um, Nancy studies Zorus's face and is like, I don't trust him. He looks cruel and calculating, of course. Um, they have a loaf of bread, salt, and a bottle of wine for symbols of plenty. Zorus broke the bread and sprinkled salt on each half. The bride and the groom exchange has each taking a bite and a sip of wine, which sounds like they're doing communion. Okay. Um, then the bride gets a doll, but Nancy notices that the doll is basically like one that they probably bought, um, it's like a factory-made doll, is the way she refers to it, which I like. I mean, it's it's kind of interesting to think that at a certain point in the past, like, factory-made would have been very specific and interesting. Now, almost all of it's factory-made. Anyway, so Nancy was hoping that maybe the tribe keeps using the same doll, and in that case, it might be the doll she's looking for, but then she sees the doll, and she's like, no, this isn't, like, this is a recently, this too new to be significant. Um, Nancy sees... The kidnappers, as she notices, because she sees the, the carrot red hair and the scar on the forehead and everything. Um, they try to find the car. 
Nancy sends Ned out to the parking lot to find the car, but then they run into Bill Jones, who is a guy, of course, that Ned knows. Um, yeah. So they don't find anything. Um, other than getting to watch a creepy wedding ceremony, it's fun. Okay. So, the girls, as you know, are now allowed to race in the regatta. I think that the girls actually have to race, like, with other girls. I don't think it's co-ed, but anyway. But they're allowed to, they're allowed to race. Um, Nancy, um, Bess and George don't have a boat, though. And so they have a lead on this sailboat that's going up for auction, and it's called the Lass. And so it's in Jefferson. So they decide they're going to go there bright and early, and they're going to, um, they're going to bid on the boat and against this girl named Phyllis, who apparently is a total bitch. Anyway, Bess is like, we're never going to win. Why should we even bother? <laughs> and Nancy's like, well, I do have a mystery to solve. But she's going to go to Jefferson because there's apparently a doll auction, which, again, like, this is not a thing that Nancy is typically interested in. But because she's interested for this book, like, Mr. Others is like, yes, can you go to this nearby town and, and go to this doll auction? Which Nancy's like, of course I can. Hello. Have we met? Anyway, um... They decide to, Nancy, Bess, and George decide to get on a plane and go fly to where the boat auction is taking place. And Carson Drew gives his permission for Nancy to go in a third on ownership of a sailboat, as one does, just randomly. It's fine. Um... Nancy asks her dad if they can take Rose to the carnival, but when they go to the carnival, the, the Romani tribe has moved out, so it's no use. Um, when Nancy, Bess, and George get on the plane to go to Jefferson, they see Nataka on the plane, and so Nancy's like, oh my god, yes, and so she tells Bess and George, she's like, okay, you need to stay on the plane and go bid on the boat, and I'm going to, if Nataka gets off the plane before we get to Jefferson, then I'm going to follow her, and Bess and George are like, what the fuck, no, no. You're going to come with us. We can't, we can't do all this. But anyway, and, and the doll auction, of course, Nancy's like, and you're going to have to cover the doll auction too. <laughs> and Bess and George are like, fuck no, you need to stay on this fucking plane. Um, but Nataka doesn't get off until Jefferson. So the, the other two girls are saved. Um, they can't follow Nataka. Um, they finally get to the boat auction. Anyway, so Phyllis ends up, actually, like, Nancy goes to look around, and she sees that, um, she tells them not to go over $100, she's gonna go check out the other boats, and when she's talking to the guy on the docks, he's like, whip the wind, you need to get whipped the wind, it's fantastic, and Nancy's like, if it's fantastic, why is it up for auction, and the guy's like, oh, because the owner's sick, and it's giving up sailing, and, but she's the best boat here, and Nancy's like, that boat is super hot. I mean, it needs a good paint job, but who among us does not? And it's cool. I, I can't afford to pay very much. And the guy's like, not a lot of people know it's up for auctions. So you're probably going to be fine. Um, Nancy goes back to her friends. She's like, just let it go. Let's get, let's get this other boat. And Bess and George are like, that boat looks like shit. And Nancy's like, it's going to be fine though. You're, you're going to see. Uh, they end up winning the boat for $100, which is like almost 1500 now. <laughs> Thanks, inflation. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. They, they're like, oh, okay, so we just need to take it back home, give it a good paint job. And so Nancy, Bess, and George decide to sail the boat back to River Heights. I've got a lot of questions. Um, so Phyllis is actually getting a truck to tow her boat back to River Heights. And Nancy, Bess, and George are like, well, let's just get a feel for it and sail it back. So, 
Sure. The hilarious thing about this part is that um, they see a boat in front of them and it, it's the pickpocket. Because, of course, the pickpocket is on a fucking boat where they can see him. And, of course, they don't track him down. They try to. Oh, before they leave, of course, Nancy has to go to the doll auction. So she walks in and she doesn't see anyone that, because remember that clue said light. So she's like, maybe there's a doll that lights up or has some gemstones on it that light up or something like that. Um, but Nancy finds out that Nataka has come and has bid on a, one of the prettier dolls. But anyway, um, and then the person running the auction's like, oh, I've got this other cool doll that you might be interested in. And Nancy's like, oh, cool. But when the person goes back to the back, they're like, somebody stole the doll. It's a witch doll. <laughs> and Nancy's like, did it have poison in it? And the guy's like, how did you know? And Nancy's like, reasons? Um, was there still poison in it? And the guy's like, yeah, because we were going to give it to a museum. Like, he just wanted to show it to Nancy. He just wanted to show off, as one does. But yeah, so the doll is gone. Nancy's pretty sure that Nataka stole it because Nancy's blaming Nataka for all the crimes within a 150 mile radius. Um, then the person finds another doll that looks interesting and dates back to 1870 and it's got a head with four faces on it. Like if you turn the, the head, then you see a different face. So one laughs, one cries, another pouted and then the fourth one had its eyes closed as if in sleep. And I was like, yeah, that, that sounds kind of super creepy, but it's fine. So, um, Nancy's like, I think Mrs. Struthers would like that. So she buys it and takes it home with her. Um, she finds another thing, which is interesting. She finds some old family albums that are up for auction as well. And she finds one that has the Struthers last name on it. And she flips through it and she's like, hmm, well, maybe the clue is in the album. I just don't know. And you're like, of course it is. The name of this book is The Clue in the Old Album. You dipshits. Anyway, so um, they go out in the boat. They get actually becalmed for a while. They get in a storm. They almost capsize. Bess almost gets thrown off. There's a rainbow. <laughs> they stop at a tourist camp, and they have cabins for $2 a night. And when I looked that up, I was like, $25. $25 a night is still fucking cheap as shit. But anyway, Bess sleeps in the next morning and when she wakes up, Nancy and George are gone and she's like, what the fuck? And when they come back, they're like, you said you wanted to sleep. We went out and found some clues. It's fine. Um, Nancy finds evidence that there was a Romani camp nearby, but they're of course not there anymore. Nancy's not sure like where they've gone. Uh, Mrs. Struthers, Nancy calls home just to find out if everything, everything's okay. And Hannah's like, something went wrong. Rose is sick in bed and blah, blah. Um, when Nancy calls to find out what happened, um, a child in the neighborhood started a story that Rose's father was a gypsy. And she said that all gypsies are thieves. And so Nancy's like, she can just fuck right off because that is a lie. So anyway, Nancy goes to Mrs. Struthers' house and she's like, girl, you need to just forget that. It's fine children are idiots and just let it go and Mrs. Struthers is like this is so disgraceful I cannot stand this to have people think that my daughter married a thief and Nancy's like look that girl's a dipshit just just let it go just let it go if you don't make a big deal out of it people will just forget about it it's fine so she talks to Nancy and she's like Nancy's like Rose might be upset if she sees that you are reacting this way. So maybe just suck it up. And Mrs. Struthers is like, damn, you're right. 
So Nancy actually recommends that Mrs. Struthers get Rose a tutor who can help her with like music and dancing and things like that just to kind of channel her energy. And then Nancy goes to the girl who spread the rumor and is like, girl, you need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> and Nancy's like, I'm going to talk to your mom about this. And the girl's like, no, no, I'll tell you whatever you want to know. And so um, Nancy finds out that Nataka and Anton had visited Rose's school. And that's why that little bitch started that rumor. And they saw that she had a case with a doll in it, of course, because girl is going around the, the land collecting all the dolls that are loose. If you got a doll, this girl wants it. Anyway. So, um, Nancy's worried that they're going to come back to Mrs. Struthers' house and start some shit. So she talks to her dad and her dad's like, oh, I'll assign a detective. Which, of course, backfires rapidly because she talks to Rose and Rose is like, I know there's a detective watching the house. And Mrs. Struthers is like, there's a detective? And then the housekeeper's like, you're having a detective watch the house because you don't trust me? I'm going to leave. And it's like... Y'all need to just tone it down a notch. It's as though you believe you are on a reality show and that you need to make this shit as dramatic as possible. Just just calm down. Just calm down. Anyway. Um, of course, as you remember, Bess and George were left to sail a boat home because Nancy took a train. Uh, so she actually gets a motorboat and goes out to the boat. And Bess, of course, is sunburned as shit. And she's like, can I just go home? And Nancy's like, here, take the motorboat and me and George will just sail the rest of the way home. What George tells Nancy is that that ship likes her. Whip the wind likes Nancy. They are bonded now. And, like, George has not had a good time of it. But as soon as Nancy gets back on the boat, the boat's like, yes. Yes, Nancy. I will do whatever you say. So, Nancy's like, she's doing great. And George is like, yeah, she likes you. The boat likes you. It's fine. Uh, Nancy decides to go to New York. She's going to see if she can track down Euphemia Struthers and also... There's some other shit that she has to do. I think there's also a doll auction because <laughs> of course there's a fucking doll auction. Um, Nancy finds out that Alfred Blackwell is giving her a recital and she's like, oh, that'll be great. I'll, I'll go see him as well and blah, blah. Anyway, she calls Euphemia Struthers and Euphemia, she's like, my name is Nancy Drew. And Euphemia's like, I've been waiting to hear from you, you bitch. And Nancy's like, what the fuck? <laughs> And the woman tells her that apparently she had a maid named Nanny Do, and apparently her hearing is bad, and so that's what she thought Nancy was saying her name was, and you're like, of course, one of her many evil twins. But anyway, she stole an album, and that's what happened. She stole the album and then sold it, and that's the one that Nancy found, and she's like, okay, glad that that loose end has been tied up. Uh, Nancy doesn't bring many clothes to New York. She decides that she's going to go on a shopping spree with her aunt, and I'm like... I've read this story, and it involves Nancy buying her trousseau so that when she marries Ned, she's going to look super hot. But anyway. Yeah. Um, they go to the recital. Nancy buys a gown and accessories to wear to the concert. Um, then they talk to him after the show, and she's like, have you heard of Romano Pepito? And dude is like, of course I have. He is the fucking best, but he can't track him down. Um, he's got a friend, though, who is also Romani. She's I see. I think she's a singer, but anyway. But she's also paying tribute to the Gypsy tribe, Romani tribe. So she doesn't have a lot of money. She lives rather modestly. And so Nancy kind of finds out about, like, the general culture of the tribe that she's a part of through Marquita. But that's about all that she does. 
Um, and then Nancy goes to the doll auction and finds one that dates back to the Civil War that had been used to carry messages and quinine through enemy lines because the head comes off and there's a cavity inside. <laughs> and Nancy's like, that's fucking cool. I want that one. Um, of course, because Nataka has a Google alert on all doll auctions. She also pops up at the doll auctions. Um, but Nancy can't find her when she's trying to find her. Um, she tracks her to this, like, kind of rundown tenement house, and there's this little boy outside who's like, my grandmother tells fortunes, and so Nancy's like, oh, okay, so probably Romani, so yeah, get your grandma to tell me some fortunes, and so when she goes in there, she actually finds out that um, Nataka is the one who is posing as the grandma, because she's like, you need to stop messing around with this mystery, and Nancy's like, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> anyway. Um, so Nancy tells the grandma she, who actually she sees after N- Nataka has hauled ass. She's like, Grandma, stop paying them money. They're they're just swindling you. Just stop paying them money. Um, she sees a shop window and finds an old album inside. And she finds the name Henrietta Bostwick in it. And she's like, interesting. She finds the same quote in the album that she's found in the back of Mrs. Struthers' album. The one that was about the source of the light will heal all ills. Um, a, a package comes for Nancy to her aunt's apartment. Nancy finds it and opens it up. And actually they call the police because they're afraid that it might be a bomb or something terrible. And so after they call, the, the cops come and they're like, we should drop it in a bucket of oil. And you're like, yeah, that's that's completely reasonable. That's, that's what I do with all my packages. It's fine. They're like, or water. Nancy's like, it's not ticking. I think it's fine. <laughs> So they open it up and it's a doll, but it's the poison doll. It's the witch doll. So Nancy's like, this seems like a threat. But anyway, so she returns it. Um, let's see. Oh, this is probably a good place to pause. Okay, so Nancy is goes by another camp sees, because she finds out that apparently there's a violinist named Mirko who is super awesome at things. And so she's like, maybe this is the guy I'm looking for. Also, Miss Struthers, I think, runs across a photo of the guy that Nancy's looking for, the violinist. And so now she actually has a picture of him just in case she does run across him. Um, Then she goes to the yacht club because she has to move some clothes over to another locker because plot device and the, the black sedan that is the same as hers that the pickpocket drives tries to run her off the road. And so she um, manages to not get her car crashed, but is it's a close one. And so she gets some random people to push her car back out of the mud where it's stuck. And then um, when she gets out to the yacht club, the guy's like, oh, I, you got out here pretty fast after I called you. And Nancy's like, you called me? And the guy's like, yeah, somebody punched a fucking hole in your boat. <laughs> and Nancy's like, what the fuck? So yeah, somebody um, punched a hole in her boat. It's it's like half sunk and it's being held up by the lines, apparently. She's got a whole stove in her boat, big as my fist. You're going to have to haul her out and put a, have a new plank put in her. And so Nancy goes out there and she's like, son of a bitch. And of course, everybody who does boat repair is repairing boats for the regatta. So she's like, uh, I think I know a guy. So she goes out to his place and she's like, can you please fix my boat and the guy's like uh i guess it's it's gonna be a big job though and nancy's like i know i know 
And of course, this means that now they can't practice sailing the boat, which Bess and George are upset about because, of course, Bess is like, sailing is not really my thing. And George is like, that boat loves you. <laughs> that boat loves you, Nancy. So Nancy remembers a clue that she got when she was at one of the Romani camps and they said that gypsy music feels the air. And she was like, does that mean radio? And so she turns on the radio and she, she actually looks up the listings and finds out that there's a violinist who's playing the Hungarian Rhapsody, which is apparently a famous tune that Romani violinists are into. IDK. Of course, I think Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen when we do this. Anyway, it's fine. She calls the radio station when she hears that music come on, and they're like, oh, that's Alfred Dunn. And Nancy's like, is he a Romani? And they're like, no, not at all. It's fine. Uh, Then Ned calls Nancy, and it's like, girl, you want to go on a date? And Nancy's like, you know I'd love to. I need some cheering up. This mystery is just not going great. Um, Hannah, of course, is trying to get Nancy to stay home because she does not like all this kidnapping and being run off the road business, but it's fine. Um, Let's see. She goes to this other place and finds the violin doll that got stolen from the house. And, of course, Nataka is the one who dropped it off. And Mrs. Barlow was... Oh, Mrs. Barlow took it to the repair shop because somebody... Nataka sold it to her. And then Nataka's supposed to come back later and sell her another doll. So Nancy's like, okay, so I'll come back. Um, Nancy goes out on a date with Ned. Um, Let's see. Nancy invites Ned to come over to Mrs. Barlow's house so that they can wait until Nataka comes over. But Nataka never does, and so they go hang out with the guys at the Crow's Nest, the special rendezvous of River Heights young people, which Nancy and Ned joined one of the friendly groups and ordered Cokes. Lowercase. I love it. I love it. Anyway, so everybody has heard that Nancy's on a mystery. Slash has been poisoned by a sword doll. And so they're like, Nancy, what's going on? And she's like, nothing. It's fine. Um, let's see. Then there's supposed to be a big sister, little sister picnic at Star Island, which I had completely forgotten about. And so had Nancy. <laughs> Nancy had forgotten about the picnic. Um, I noticed in an adjoining booth, a swarthy couple sat quietly eating ice cream. <laughs> and Nancy is like, oh, I'll take Rose with me. And they're like, interesting, and start twirling mustaches. It's fine. Um, so Nancy goes out with Rose. Um, yeah, it's just real, real bad. Um, she takes her out there, Rose, like, shows her ass several times, and Nancy's like, just, just take it down a notch, it's fine, she's like, I can swim, I'm, I'm gonna jump out in the water, and Nancy's like, you don't know how to swim, when they get home, they find Mrs. Struthers has been locked in a closet, and the house has been robbed, um, somebody called the house and got the house, like, told the housekeeper that her sister was sick or some shit, and so they got Mrs. Struthers alone in the house and locked her in, and they took, like, everything that wasn't nailed down. So, cool. At least 20 of her most valuable dolls were gone. So, just real, real bad. Also, the doll that um, Rose's mother played with as a child is gone, which Nancy had inspected that doll and didn't find anything about it that could be a clue. So, that's fine. Uh, Nancy gets Mrs. Struthers to call the cops, even though Mrs. Struthers is like, I don't want any publicity. And I'm like, again, I've got questions. I mean, there's a thing that at the end of the book is not resolved about her, and I'm like, again, questions. It's fine. Um, let's see. Nancy finds out that the violinist who she's been tracking might be in Winchester, and Ned does not have to stay at the boys' camp that night. I feel like he's just maybe luring them out into the woods and being like, 
make it home by dawn and you'll get a treat. And then he goes out with Nancy. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> anyway. Um, so weirdly, Mrs. Barlow calls Nancy to say that she saw a doll, which might have significance for Nancy. It's a mannequin this 26 inches high and it's from an interesting collection. I think it's, yeah, it's dressed up as a bridesmaid. It's so fucking weird. There's a whole set of these dolls dressed up like a wedding party. The bride, the groom, and the whole works for a dress manufacturer. I've got some questions. Anyway, um, they go to the, Nancy and Ned, um, after they go see the creepy bridesmaid doll, uh, go to see the violinist perform, and they see that it's the person that they're waiting for. And he's like, Marco, we'll play no more because he finds out that somebody's watching him. Um, he was okay with being broadcast, but he wasn't being okay with being observed. And so he's like, I'm not going to play anymore. And he runs out and they can't find him. Um, let's see. Um, actually, they do manage to catch up to him before he hauls ass. And Nancy's like, Anton and Nataka are, are like forcing you to turn over all your money. And it's really bad. Just, just tell him no. And... Yeah, but then he runs away. So, yeah, yeah. So they try to get to the camp, but they don't get there in time. Um, Of course, the rain starts coming back down in torrents, and so Nancy's like, oh, no, we'll have to ride slowly back to town. And I'm like, you know you will, girl, because Ned's in the car. It's fine. Uh, Let's see. Then they go to Winchester, even though Nancy received a letter saying that she needed to stay the fuck away from Winchester. And she's like, then I'm going to be there like every fucking day until I find what I'm looking for. <laughs> um, She goes back to the radio station and they say that somebody left something for her. And it's a blanket that's in red, black and white. And it's got the name H. Bostwick woven into it. And Nancy's like, Henrietta Bostwick, like the album that I found that I thought might be interesting. IDK. And so, um, she's looking at it, trying to figure out what it is. Like she sees there's some sort of pattern in it, but she can't figure it out. And then Hannah comes into the room and looks at it from a different angle and is like, it says, beware Nancy. And you need to throw it out. And Nancy's like, what else does it say? And so they see that it says, beware King and son, S-U-N. And Nancy's like, what could that mean? She's really excited. She's like, I'm on the right track. Because whenever people start threatening Nancy, she knows that she's doing the right thing. It's a bit counterintuitive. Uh, Nancy goes to talk to the doctor that cared for Rose's mom when she was dying. And the doctor's like, yeah, I knew she was dying. It was pretty weird. Um, she, like, recovered a little bit. I basically just gave her pain medication because I knew that she was going to pass away. But, yeah. So, pretty cool, though. Uh, let's see. Ooh, good. Okay. So, Nancy sees the like wedding party dolls and she's like I've got an idea so she goes to look at the album again and she notices that the doll I'm sorry that because she can't find the doll in question she can't find any evidence of the doll she goes to look at the album again and there's a picture again of Rose's mom in her wedding dress and Nancy's like this isn't Rose's mom this is a doll that looks like Rose's mom (laughs) Which is the creepiest shit ever. And Nancy's like, look at it. And Bess and George are like, oh my God. I thought it was a person. And I'm like, oh my God. So yeah. So Nancy's like, 
this is the doll I need to find. It's not, it's not the doll that she had when she was a child. It's the doll that looks like her in her wedding dress. If she even had a wedding dress, like, I don't even know. We don't even know. So Nancy tracks down the housekeeper that they had at the time that Rose's mom died. And she goes to talk to her and she's like, can you tell me anything about like this doll that looked like her? And Mrs. Hunt is her name. And she's like, uh, no. Um, I do know that she had this trunk that was locked a lot of the time. Nancy's like, cool. Um, do you know anything about it? And the woman's like, uh, I do know that the daughter cleared it out before she died. So, and Nancy's like, why did she do that? And apparently it's because Nataka came to visit and Anid, the daughter felt like kind of rejuvenated and happy for a while. And then she became despondent and then she died. But apparently Nataka took the contents of the trunk and Nancy's like, Nataka has the doll. So now she knows that. Uh, let's see. Oh my God. <laughs> this is my favorite. Uh, Nancy's driving to do an errand for Hannah and a, an automobile whizzed by at high speed and Nancy caught only a glimpse of the driver, but she's like, that's the fucking pickpocket I've been following. And so she turns and gives chase, like driving at extremely high speeds. <laughs> and then a motorcycle policeman drew up alongside and motioned her to pull over and Nancy's like... He's like, do you know how fast you're going? <laughs> Nancy slows down a little bit and she points it and she's like, that driver is a thief. Go after him. I'll follow and explain. And the cop is like, who are you? And she's like, Nancy Drew. I'm Carson Drew's daughter. You know, the inventor of Toaster Strudel. And the cop immediately takes off after the other guy and pulls him over. I love it. I love every part of this. The cops serve the Drew family and the Drew family only. <laughs> You serve at their good graces. Anyway, so the cop pulls over the pickpocket, which you're like, she just caught a glimpse. And yeah, of course it was the fucking pickpocket. This is how this shit works. So they take him to the police station, lock him up. When Nancy gets home, she finds Ned on the front porch eating some freshly baked cookies. Because while Ned is 100% here for Nancy, he is 110% here for anything that Hannah has recently baked. So, um... Ned decides to take Nancy on a picnic slash fishing, and I'm like, please tell me that's code for sex. <laughs> anyway, she has to check out how the, the boat repair is going, and the guy's like, it's going, just leave, I got shit to do. Um, They catch fish, they're having a fishing competition. Ned catches five fish, and Nancy catches three, and I'm like, because y'all were doing it in between, it's fine. Um, Nancy's like, what, what should we do with all this fish? And so Ned's like, oh, there's a married couple that we know who lives near here. And so they take them over. They take the fish over to their house and they're talking to them. And it's a fucking double date. And it's so fucking cute and domestic. And it's like, we are just a young couple who is visiting another young couple who recently got married. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes to all this. It's fine. So, um, they're listening to, oh, the guy is like interested in radios and shit like that um, and TV programs because that's where he works. And so Nancy's like, yeah, I've been interested in hearing this violinist. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, I think he's on the on TV tonight. And Nancy's like, oh, my God, he's on TV tonight. And so they find out where it's going to be broadcast from. They borrow their car. They borrow the young married couple's car and haul ass to the next town. Uh, they get the married couple to call ahead and get them to keep the guy there. But as soon as they get there and they got detoured and there was a road washed out and all this bullshit. But anyway, by the time they get there, the, the guy's gone. And he said that he would never come back because he didn't know it was being broadcast. Because, again, like, 
they never come out and say like because he fears that it is stealing his soul but there's definitely a like is there a superstitious aspect to this is what it kind of feels like but anyway so Nancy and Ed are like I guess we should go home because we've stolen a car and (laughs) this isn't even our car and it's getting late anyway uh so they get up the next morning um remember that the guy, the violinist, who they're pretty sure is Rose's father, like, rushed out of the studio. And so when Nancy goes to the studio, she's like, okay, do you have his address? When she goes to the rooming house that he was staying at, um, she finds that he's gone. But they know the name of the cab company that came and picked him up. So Nancy goes to the cab company, and she's like, hey, can you give me any information about it? The cabbie is just returning. This happened last night. The cabbie is just returning. And he's like, that was the worst fucking trip I've ever had. Nancy's like, take me back there. <laughs> Uh, Bess and George are, like, getting some sandwiches, like, because they don't know how long this is going to take. So, Nancy's talking to the cabbie, and the cabbie's like, I don't ever want to go back there. And Nancy's like, I will pay you significantly. Just take me to where you took him last night. Is it a, a Romani camp? And he's like, yeah. And it was really weird and fucked up, and I'm pretty sure they drugged me. And Nancy's like, I need to go to there. So, she leaves a note for Bess and George in her car. Um, she gets the guy to take her out there. And... She also, whenever she calls home to check on everything, she finds out that apparently Rose is, has disappeared. Um, Mrs. Struthers is like, I think she's been kidnapped. And Nancy's like, I'm sure she's fine. While internally she's like, yeah, she's been fucking kidnapped. So um, the, the guy, the cabbie, takes Nancy out to the Romani camp. And when she looks out there, she sees that Rose is in there and she's dancing with the people. And she's like, I can dance. I'm, I'm doing so good at this. And Nancy's like, shit. So she manages to sneak into the tent where they're keeping Rose. And she's like, Rose, Rose, we need to go home. And Rose is like, no, these people said that they were going to help me. Like, I'm, I'm going to be a movie star and, and it's going to be fantastic. And I'm going to make all this money. And Nancy's like, Girl, that might be true, but it's not going to be for some years. And also, they're going to take all this money that they're going to get you to earn because this is how these bitches roll. So, we need to get the fuck out of here. Also, I think your dad is here. And Rose is like, my dad is here. And he's like, shh. (laughs) Anyway, they sneak into the next tent, which is where they're pretty sure that um, Rose's father is. And Rose... um, sees this guy and the guy sees her and Nancy's like, I brought your daughter. And so... They immediately embrace like they have not seen each other in 10 years, which pretty much, yeah, I think. Anyway, so Nancy talks to him and finds out that um, he was separated from his wife. Like, the, the tribe separated him from his wife. Like, they sent her home and they kept him and they told him that if he left or if he, like, caused any trouble or anything, that his wife and his daughter would be hurt. He didn't even know that his wife had died. Um for until like Nancy told him that his wife had died um so now that he's got his daughter with him he knows that the tribe can't harm his daughter but Nancy's like okay so I've got to get all of you out of here but there's a lot of people around right now so um so Nancy takes Rose back to her tent where she was and then she sneaks into the next tent um yeah she was hoping that it was unoccupied so that she could like figure out what she was going and she sees a blanket that looks like the red and black and white blanket that she was sent as the warning and then she finds a trunk and when she opens it she sees the bride doll that she has been looking for 
And when she picks it up, it feels warm. And so she's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> but then she's like, I'm sure it's fine. And then she's like, this doll has the, whatever this light is, whatever the substance is in it. Because when she's holding it, she feels stronger. She feels like more confident. Um, but Nataka, of course, immediately comes in and is like, Nancy Drew. And Nancy's like, Nataka. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to return this property to its rightful owner. And Nataka's like, this belongs to the gypsies. Um, so, yeah. So, they have a fight. They call him the king. The king's like, I am going to be king of the Americas. And Anton and Nataka are going to be a prince and a princess. And we are going to take you and throw you in a volcano or some shit. And it's fine. Anyway. So, Henrietta, who is the Okay, there's there's a fucking lot to unpack here. Henrietta Boswick, who you will remember, her Nancy first saw her name inscribed in an old album that she felt might be significant to her case, and then H. Boswick was sewn into the warning blanket. The warning blanket. I've got a lot of questions. Anyway, so Henrietta pops in, and Henrietta and Nancy's like, Henrietta's not a Romani name, and Henrietta's like. Yeah, so funny story. I married a member of the tribe, and then after he died, I was afraid to leave, and by then I had learned the language, and I had also been darkening my skin. I'm cringing real hard. Um, anyway, but, um, so Henrietta basically spends her life warning people against (laughs) Nataka and Anton, because that's how this shit works. Um, so they've decided that they're going to pack up the gypsy camp and leave the Romani camp. Um, but Nancy finds out about the doll from Henrietta and Henrietta's like, yeah, there's, there's some strange substance that Romano's father found at Bear Claw Mountain and he put it into the doll. Like that's how Anid had it. And so while Anid had it, she felt better, but then as soon as she gave the doll up, she stopped feeling as good. And the reason that she gave the doll to Nataka is that Nataka brought her a note from the was supposedly from her husband saying like I want to be with you again if you want to be with me then send the doll and so she did and then she died so um yeah Nataka's a bitch anyway so they load Nancy up into one of the the vehicles is this traveling they're actually taking her to Bear Claw Mountain I think or somewhere distant but anyway um but Almost as soon as the truck starts to move, let's see, for half an hour, she's tumbling around on it. And then all of a sudden they get pulled over and a state trooper comes in and her dad comes in and Nancy's like, oh my God, oh my God, how did you find me? This is how Carson Drew found her. He took a fucking plane. Like he was not going to drive his happy ass to this place. He took a fucking plane there and then he got a state trooper. Again, I remind you, law enforcement works on the whim and the good graces of the Drew family. And so when Carson Drew finds a patrol officer, he's like, get in the fucking car. We got my daughter to rescue. And no questions are asked. (laughs) You get in the fucking car. So, so they recover everybody. They take everybody home. All the dolls are recovered. Pretty much the, the jewels that had been stolen out of the front of the album are recovered. Mrs. Struthers is like, Oh, well, Nancy, you need to take one of these and have it mounted into some jewelry. And Nancy's like, I, I I could not possibly do that. Also, as you'll remember, um, they got a regatta to win. So, of course, you know that this is how this is going to work. Um, 
the boat finally, their ship finally gets fixed. Ship, sailboat, their sailboat finally gets fixed on the morning of the regatta. Um, they only have time to run like a third of the course before they have to turn around to clear the course because the races are about to begin. Um, Nancy, Bess, and George are sailing it, and they're ahead, and then Phyllis, that bitch, is ahead, and then at the end, Nancy sails skillfully so that she ends up winning the race, and so there's a silver loving cup. Of course, of course, there's always a fucking silver loving cup. It's not gold, because you're the worst. Um, and everybody's, like, taking pictures and all excited and everything, and Nancy, of course, leaves almost immediately because she wants to get back on the case. to get back to one of the most problematic parts of this book um Nancy has gotten Henrietta out of the Romani camp and she has washed her skin off so now her skin is soft and white um yeah anyway so she goes to say hi to Romano and he's like oh my god hey um I can't repay you for everything that you've done which sounds kind of like there's some weird unresolved sexual tension happening which again they're both unmarried it's fine they're both like widowed um yeah and then uh, Mrs. Struthers is like oh Nancy you need a keepsake maybe take take the fan doll take the fan doll and Nancy's like I will love that I will treasure it always and then at the end of it Nancy hands Mrs. Struthers the the photograph and the letter that had been stolen from her purse. And Nancy says, no one has looked at them. Not even Tony, who left them in a suitcase at the gypsy camp and then was caught. So their secret is still yours, Mrs. Struthers. And the book abruptly ends. We don't know what that fucking letter says. I don't know what that fucking letter says. We can guess, but we don't know. Anyway, so... Uh, the next case is going to be um, Blackwood Hall, which I fucking love because I love the cover of that damn book. It's Nancy's outfit is fantastic, and we will talk about it next time. But anyway, so, I mean, on the one hand, like, Nancy's clearly treating this weird tribe as, like, this kind of cult-esque thing that's happening. And on the other hand, it's really really problematic that basically this woman in like not blackface but like I guess brownface has been kind of hanging out with the Romani tribe for a hot minute and like that just seems super creepy but anyway um yeah at the end of it Rose is back together with her father there's this weird thing like after she's reunited with her father that Rose becomes well behaved and is like staring at her dad adoringly and is like I'm a good girl now, and and Alfred Blackwell has said that he's going to help us be in movies together, and it's going to be fantastic. Like, they're going to be playing the violin together, because, of course, Rose is really good at the violin, and it's like, I mean, Merry Christmas, and that you got your dad back, and, and you seem to be a lot better off. And, like, Mrs. Struthers has stopped, we hope, feeling quite so just, like, 100% against the fact that her daughter married a gypsy, like, uh, uh. anyway, oh god, but again, every single member of law enforcement in the entire state that Nancy and her father live in is like, oh yes, like, I bet they have a fucking bat signal to summon them, oh my god, anyway, uh, so yeah, now I know that Ned has already decided what his future is, and it's to marry Nancy Drew, and 
I mean, you're not wrong, Ned. You're not wrong. So, a Merry Christmas to all. Next week, we'll be doing Blackwood Hall for our very last day of the year, actually, if everything works out. And to all, a good sleuthy night.